When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Theatre Thoughts podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all traditional custodians of the land on which our episodes are recorded. Are you ready for a big night of comedy yet? You're listening to the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. If you're a new listener, welcome to the podcast. If you're one of our returning listeners, welcome back to a brand new episode. You can watch a snippet of this week's episode via our YouTube channel or subscribe to our Patreon for $5 a month to get access to the full video, a patron shout-out and earlier access to our episodes. Or if you're stretched on a budget, become a supporter for as little as $3 a month. If you're a fan of the podcast, please leave us a review wherever you're listening from. Share us on your socials. Tell your friends at the theatre. Stop to tell a stranger on the street or just be that annoying friend who shares all the best recommendations. You can find all of our content via our Instagram channel at ttpod underscore official or by following the link in this episode's description. So switch on those thoughts and be sure to subscribe to catch all our new content in 2023. So our first guest uh, that we're going to highlight for Melbourne Comedy Festival is a USA-born comedian. She's a writer living in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, she writes jokes and satirical headlines for Reductress.com and is a featured contributor at the renowned satire website, The Onion, which I love seeing popping up on my Instagram. She's a comedian and improviser, studied and performed improv, stand-up and sketch comedy all over the world. And her debut solo show, The Briefing, is coming to the Comedy Festival in April 2023. Please welcome Melissa McGlinsey. Thank you so much. Wow, I should get you to do the intro for my show also each night. Maybe I should start charging that. I do, like, <laughs> people do like the intro, so I should, like, to be a warm-up thing, you know? You've got skills. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so you're uh, so you're USA-born and you're living in uh, Melbourne currently. Um, so I guess the, the main question is, uh, what brought you to Australia to, um, to become a comedian improviser? Um, it's a long, complicated story, but the short version is a man. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, my partner got hired by a university here in Australia and I decided to relocate with him. And then I just quickly fell head over heels in love with the Melbourne comedy scene. 
we don't really have festivals in the U.S. in the same way. And I just fell in love with Melbourne Comedy Festival, Melbourne Fringe, Adelaide Fringe. And there was no going back for me after that. No way. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Because, I, I mean, apart from like some of the film festivals that I know of, yeah, you're right. I don't really hear about a lot of festivals coming out of the U.S. No, there's, there's uh, Montreal just for laughs, not in the U.S., and then there used to be an Aspen comedy festival that doesn't exist anymore either. Oh, okay. Interesting. Why do you think mm-hmm. that is? I don't know. I've heard some people theorize that like the there's such a hustle in the comedy scene in the US that like festivals don't fit into that schedule. But to be honest, I have no idea. I think it's a shame because I love festivals. Yeah. Well, I did the, uh, the Melbourne comedy one for the first time last year and now I'm like, Every year, every year I'm going down, check it out because it's so much yes. fun. Yeah, it really is. So let's tell, let's talk a little bit about your show. Um, so it's a, uh, a political comedy um, and it's very timely because you have the elections coming up um, next year, I think it is. Um, so, and it's, you, you, you welcome hecklers, which a lot of comedians, you know, don't generally welcome it. So why, is, why do you welcome hecklers for into your, your show? Oh, I love a heckler. I really do. Um, I think I'm really unusual in that sense because most comedians live in fear of them Um, and they can be really disruptive. So I think it's important that like, you know, my show signposts, hey, this is your place to come and yell stuff. Um, Of course, I try and keep that yelling to very specific parts of the show so it's less disruptive, but I just love the challenge a heckler presents um, it's like, you know, it's like wrestling a bear, okay. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, it makes me stay sharp on my toes. I can't phone in any of my comedy when I know I'm, you know, trying to wrangle a heckler. And, um, I just thought it was an original idea too, just to see what would happen if audiences got to engage with the show on that one-on-one, uh, question and answer portion segment. Okay. And it's, and you're currently performing the same show in Adelaide at the moment. Um, I finished my run in Adelaide a couple days ago, okay. but yeah, I did a, a very short, just four show run here as well. Cool. And how did it go? How did the hecklers, did you get any weird um, people shout out anything? You know, I had some weird things. None were heckler based. Someone um, answered their phone in the middle of a show. Oh, how rude. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I asked them who it was and they said, it's my mother. She wants to know how to vote for you. Oh. Uh, for and so then I tried to take the phone and have a conversation and they did not like that. Oh, <laughs> so no. <laughs> that was definitely interesting. Um, the other interesting thing was my venue booked a wedding reception in the room I share a wall with. Okay. So trying to do a political satire over top of, you know, you make me want to shout is a real, uh, real comedy badge of honor <gasps> that I have earned. No way. How awkward. So you're, you're, uh, do you, do you put on a character for your show? Give us like a little kind of uh, snapshot of it. Yeah. So the briefing is like a character stand up political satire show with improvised elements. And I, the entire time and am deep, deep within the psyche of Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who is a real life right wing us politician. I definitely play a heightened version of her, but not that heightened. She's pretty crazy. (laughs) Um, and I am treating the audience as a press corps that entire time. So I'm addressing them kind of in a hostile uh, manner, as she's been known to do. And I am presenting them the, quote, facts. Um, 
And at the end, I open it up to a free form Q&A. Excellent. Right. That makes more sense with the hecklers then. So it's, yeah, mm-hmm. well, a briefing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I recognize the name. Did, was she a part of like the Trump administration or was she something to do with that? Yeah, she was very famously Trump's um, White House press secretary for years. I know who you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you'd recognize the scowl from behind the podium, um, you know, really kind of disparaging and, and brutish to press, which is what really like inspired me. Oh, okay. She's, she's kind of already a caricature um, of a person. And since leaving the White House, um, she has gone on to be a Fox News correspondent and the recently elected governor of Arkansas. Right. Okay. So this is what my show is kind of about. I have done a lot of time researching her, reading her book, being in her head, and I'm convinced she's running for president in the next election. Right. Not this upcoming one, um, because she has to be governor first. She's just been elected governor. But yeah, I'm convinced she's going to be the first female president of the USA. Wow. That's a big call. Okay. Call. It's a big call. It would be great news for my solo show, but very bad news for the world. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> oh, God. And then Trump would come down to be vice. No, he wouldn't be vice president. He'd never. He'd never. You never know. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I, I don't actually, I, I generally don't get political on the podcast. Um, I, the uh, Who's running for, do we even know who's running for president yet or are they warming up? Trump will definitely be running. Okay. He hasn't announced yet, but he's doing all the things people do when they're going to run. Right. And then his Republican opponent will be Ron DeSantis, um, who's like governor of Florida, I believe. Right. And then it looks like Joe Biden will be running again. But none of this is confirmed yet, but it will be very soon because, like you mentioned up top, the election is coming. Yeah. I kind of wish he'd step down and give it to Kamala, to be honest. I feel like Biden's a little bit old. I mean, let's be honest. He's good, but he's a little bit old. I think you are not alone in that opinion, certainly. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, um, let's uh, move away from the political scene. Uh, no. <laughs> and um, I want to focus on uh, your career then. So you're, you're big in, um, a big improviser. Um, you've done a lot of improvisation shows. So where is kind of like your love for improv come from? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, for me, it was love at first sight with improv. I had no idea what it was, signed up to take a class um, in LA, you know, over a decade ago. And from the very first scene I did, I was like, this is what I want to do with my life. Um, To the great disappointment of probably everyone in my family. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. They're very supportive. But improv is not a traditionally viable career path. So, but yeah, it's just, it inspires me as an art form because it is, loose it's ephemeral it exists only in that moment and it absolutely refuses to make sense to anyone who isn't right there in the room experiencing it and um yeah it's really special because you have to train yourself as a tool to create improv you can't write the script ahead of time you can't you know you can make a set but what happens on it is between you and your scene partners and the audience right yeah yeah exactly and I guess um, the question then becomes, where did the briefing come from? Where, where, How did this idea like pop into your mind? The briefing was something I thought about for a long time. Um, the Probably the inception of the idea 
is someone told me I look like Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Oh, um, did you take that as an insult or was that like a badge of honor? (laughs) I, I was too busy being inspired to make a show about it, to be insulted by it. But (laughs) yeah, yeah, when I straighten my hair and I put on a scowl and, you know, a blazer and pearls, I really can inhabit her because I do kind of look like her. And that was exciting to me because I wanted to explore something more character-based as opposed to um, I do a lot of stand-up, but I wanted to do, I wanted to really sink into a character. And again, it was that thing where I was like, how can I make this more interesting and keep me on my toes? And to me, that was the improvised element as well. Right. Interesting. Okay. Well, can you, can, can you jump into Sarah at the moment? Can you, how long would it take you to get into character? Well, I'd have to straighten my hair. and (laughs) I'll see if she's in. Let me, let me go get her. Okay. Hello. Hi. It's me, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. How are you, sir? I'm, oh, you do have a, the, the Arkansas accent there. Excellent. Yes, that's right. I'm from Arkansas. And you've just become your governor. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It's a real honor to be governor of the state that I grew up in. And I'm just so excited to be the youngest governor in the U.S. of A., little known fact. And also currently the only female governor in the United States of America. Oh, they, I didn't actually know that. Congratulations. That's actually, I didn't actually know that. Wow. Um, well, well, you should do your research, but whatever. I'm not going to get into it. Oh, okay. Well, I will, I will, I'll make sure I do that next time, of course. Um, well, I have some questions to ask you, um, Sarah, if you don't mind. Um, uh, here are the Theatre Thoughts. We do these Theatre Thoughts questions, but these are kind of like pressure questions, I guess. Um, I normally do like a minute or so, if that's okay for you. I know your time's very precious. Um, but, uh, I would do like a minute and we'll just kind of see what comes out of your head with, um, where you go with them, if that's okay with you. That's all right with me. I don't normally like to talk to the media. I don't believe in the media. It's a lot of fake news, but you seem like a nice man. So I'll make an exception. Okay. That's fine. I generally don't present a lot of facts. It's all just conversations here, but that's, uh, yep. I totally understand what you mean. Mm. I mean, I personally don't agree, but that's, that's you, that's, you know, that's your thing. Um, Agree to disagree, young man. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's get some questions going. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Question number one. If you could choose anyone, who would you pick as your mentor? Uh, That's easy for me. My Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, What songs are included on the soundtrack to your life? Oh, that's an interesting one. Now, there's a lot of gospel hymns, first of all, but getting a little more secular, I'd have to say... Uh, Dolly Parton's nine to five. Okay. Nine okay. to five. I respect me a working woman with big hair. Mm. All right. I can relate to that. And, um, you know, I like me anything with a patriotic bent to it, you know, maybe some stars and stripes. Right. Right. Maybe okay. some God bless America. I'm just going to move on to the next question. Cause I know you're very pressed for time. Um, I mm-hmm. don't, no, I don't disagree with your answers, but I'm just, um, right. you tend to rabble on a little bit there, Sarah. So I'm just going to. Oh, move. well now you're throwing barbs. Okay. Well, I guess mm-hmm. so. I just pushed for time. Uh, what was the last movie TV show or book that made you cry or tear up? You know, I watch, uh, the wind in the willows on repeat. So I'd have to say that. Okay. And what's the best book you've ever read? The Bible. I knew. Why did I know you were going to say that? I knew it. And second to that was the U.S. Constitution. Okay. Um, if you were the president of the United States, what is the first law you'd pass? Thank you so much for that question. And it's not if; it's when. And the when is two thousand and twenty-four. 
nope, sorry, 28, can't run in 24. The first law I would pass is a law making it illegal to spread fake news. Sorry, you're going to be out of a job there, Justin. Right. Okay. Well, um, how, how are you going to monitor that? Uh, you didn't ask that I would have to monitor it, only that I would make it law. Right. Okay. So you just make the laws, but don't follow up. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, l- l- last question. Say the first thing that comes off the top of your head. Anything right now. Right now? Turtles in sweaters. Excellent. Love it. Cool. Well, thanks, Sarah, for your time. If you can go get Melissa to come back, that'd be awesome. I don't know why you want to talk to that lefty, but I'll go get her. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that was so cool. I should have warned you she's really mean. <laughs> she is. Sorry, I kind of like bit back a little bit there. Dude. Oh, I love that. Excellent. Clap back at her, please. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, <laughs> Melissa, thank you so much for joining us. Um, is, is there anything else you wanted to uh, plug about your show before you before you go and perform this evening? Yeah, just wanted to say that this is the last time I'll be doing it in Melbourne. I did it at Melbourne Fringe. This is its comedy festival debut and after that, I'm taking it to Edinburgh Fringe in Scotland, and then I'm retiring it forever. Okay. So come on out, have a play. Um, you know, it's political and it's heavy at times, but it's really at its core, playful, fun, and light. So um, don't be scared. Cool. Come at me. Excellent. All right. Well, all the best, and thanks again for joining us. Thanks so much, Justin. Have a great day. Running a small business? Are you promoting a new show or running a theatre space? Maybe you're looking for an area to reach potential new clients. Why not advertise with us on the Theatre Thoughts podcast? We have a range of packages and prices for you to put your ad right here on the podcast. For more information, contact us at theatrethoughtsteam at outlook.com or by heading to our website, theatrethoughtsaus.online. Alrighty, so next up on our special Melbourne International Comedy Festival podcast, we have a comedian, an actor, and a writer whose credits include Mindful Mess, which played at the Comedy Festival in 2019, Accomplished Ish, which played in 2016, and Bits of Us, which played in the 2015 Melbourne Fringe. Please welcome Laura Josephine. Hi! Hi, thanks for having me. You're very, very welcome. Thanks for jumping on to talk about Be Good. Yeah, very excited. Uh, It's my first uh, solo show for a number of years, so uh, it's... (laughs) It's been a a huge... um, a huge mind mess, uh, really. So, but it's very, very exciting to be able to do this because it's yeah, massive challenge. Wow. So it's uh, it's how would you describe it? Because I was reading up on it. So is it like a musical or is it more of like a sketch comedy show? Yeah. So the show is a narrative based comedy oh. slash musical, and I'm kind of putting in like a little slash like pantomime in there um, because it is very over the top, a little bit tongue in cheek. Um, and it basically just tells the story of a girl who is uh, granted a special power when she's young by a witch um, to bring happiness to everyone, um, everywhere she goes. And uh, throughout her life, she realizes that it's more of a burden than it is a gift. Ah, interesting. So where did that where did that come from? Like, where does it come in, in your mind? I it up. There was no... <laughs> Now, it's very, uh, very much based on my own life of um, 
realizing over the last few years, like becoming um, to terms with or, or discovering this new uh, term of being a people pleaser, uh. Uh, which I didn't really knew, know, I think was a term for so long. Um, I think I just thought that um, I was the kind of person who just liked to help. Mm -hmm. And then um, last few years, I was like, oh, this is very exhausting. Um, and uh I think maybe my psychologist or someone professional or maybe somewhere on TikTok I heard the word people pleaser and I was like, right, yeah, yeah, I think I relate to that a little bit. Um, so, uh, yeah, so the uh, just it kind of came out of just the exhaustion um, and noticing some of the like toxic behaviours and, and traits that are also within people pleasing. And I just kind of wanted to give it a little bit of a jab because um, I think it's relatable and I also don't think that it's something that is purely um uh altruistic yeah. like it often comes from a place that's like please like me and give me approval and validation um and i think that that's a good thing to make fun yeah. of <laughs> i feel like as you're talking there's a couple of things in there i go oh wait am i a people pleaser is that what i do <laughs> <laughs> you got well too late i've already written that show so uh no, <laughs> can't steal it. Can't steal it. No one else will ever do a show like this, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so you're being directed by uh, by Molly Daniels as well. Yes. So, what's yeah. it like working with Molly? Um. Oh my God. So Molly is my best friend, and we've worked together a few times where she has directed me in um uh, some screen shows that she's written. So, um, she did a web series that was called Double Date Night. Um, and she kind of scammed me into being her friend by um, get it by casting me in this show because we weren't friends before this, oh, okay. but we knew each other. And so she cast me as the role as um, her best friend in this. And then since then we became very, very close. Um, and she is such a professional. Like she has such a history in um, in direction and in production and acting herself. Um, like she was in Tomorrow When the War Began. She was in... Um, you're skidding me um, and also Ronnie Chang international student and um, she just has so much experience directing um, and she just knows exactly where the like comedic punch-up moments are um, and it's great because every time that we'll go through something like a scene and she'll be like great can you just put this line in or can you just do this one thing? Yeah. And it always makes me laugh so much. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. It's just so easy. Oh, that's so good. Like, isn't that great when you kind of find that working chemistry with someone? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're both very good at like compartmentalizing our friendship and going like this thing is professional. So if we have any like um, differences of opinion, it's very easy to put that down to this is an artistic project and it has nothing to do with our friendship. But at the same time, she's like a massive silly goose. So it's very easy to work with. Yeah, that's great. So could you tell us a little bit like um, about yourself and your career? Like where did you come from to get like, <laughs> like you know, your first solo show? Well, it all started in 1989. <laughs> um, so I... Was I've been acting for many years, so I guess since high school, I came out of high school and did a um, music theatre course and then finished that and wasn't really sure what to do. So um, I started doing improvised comedy. Um, so I got into doing some classes and then ended up doing some shows uh, with a company called The Improv Conspiracy. Um, and since then, I've just been, um, like I've been teaching, I work there now, like, um, sort of behind the scenes doing a lot of the admin stuff. 
Um, but because I have such regular access to the stage, um, it was very enticing to want to start making my own stuff to put on the stage. And I think I got really spoilt by like through improv comedy because we got we get to play all kinds of characters you know like no matter what you look like or what your age is or gender is like you can play anything and Mm. um I really liked that because previously it's like you only get cast in things if you look a certain way um and I love the idea of playing all these characters that I wouldn't normally be have the ability to play in other um yeah circumstances so that, that's kind of what got me excited about writing shows that have different characters. Um, in this show, there's lots of like witches and, um, you know, sort of evil characters um, and uh, like older people, that kind of thing. Okay, interesting. Isn't that yeah. cool? Like, I do love a bit of improv. I, try, I used to do some back in high school, but oh, then when you? I left, I, I tried to keep going. But, it, you know, it's just, it's really good fun. It is, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, the community is so great as mm. well like it's just full of other artists and other creatives so yeah you're constantly getting FOMO because everyone else is doing stuff and you're like I gotta do it too um but also like such great connections and um like I met Molly through the Improv Conspiracy and there's so many other artists and writers and producers that like when you need something it's so easy to just reach out and someone's there to help yeah, exactly. Well, actually, I, I want to talk about, I was just listening to you speak and I want to talk about Be Good. I'm yeah. wondering if there's like a, a scene or something that stands out to you or something that pops in your mind that feels like a favourite sort of thing. Like, As a favourite? Like yeah, that you can kind of bring us into. Yeah. Um, so uh, my I think my favourite scene, I mean, my favourite scene in it is actually a, it's silent on my behalf. It's all like voice recordings. Um, so I don't know if that's helpful, Yeah, that's <laughs> um, fine. <laughs> but, um, because it's all, uh, it's set in a video game where she gets like sucked into a video game. Oh, really? Um, and the game is, uh, she has to do all these things that, um, make other people happy. Um, and I think the reason why I love it so much is because I found an eight bit version of crazy train, the song. <laughs> and it sounded like it was just such a fun like I don't know this is not like a great way to like promote my show it's <laughs> what is one of the things that I found really fun when I was creating it um and because so that's the background music is this version of crazy train that I'm obsessed yeah. with um and yeah and I just get to throughout the scene I just get to um play these bigger and bigger like video game characters so it's very ro- it's quite robotic but it also gets a bit um yeah it's quite insane like it just she's huge and like donkey kong kind of style like throwing barrels and that's funny um, yeah <laughs> amazing so do you have like an idea of what you'd like to do beyond the festival with this like would you like to write more have you kind of got the bug for writing <laughs> um i think i would like i mean i don't know that after writing this i think i need to take a little bit of a break oh, yeah. um and I would love to bring it into Melbourne Fringe, um, some, some other festivals, I guess, depending on how it goes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've written a few shows beforehand, but I it's been a, f- a few years since I've solo written a show and um, it's it's exhausting um, and it, like, it definitely pays off because it's really nice to be able to see something at the end and go, oh, how cool, like, mm. everything that I worked on is, is right here. Um, 
but yeah, I think plans after this would be either bring it back for a, um, another run or get back into improv where there's no preparations. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. Just get up and go. Yeah, just get up on stage and then, yeah. That's awesome. That's well, did you want to do like any final little plug before we wrap up? Anything you'd like to leave us with? Yeah, sure. Uh, um, I mean, I can tell you a little bit about uh, where it is and yeah. stuff. So it's uh, Be Good is performing at Theory Bar, which is in the Melbourne CBD, 7 p.m., um, uh, for the first two weeks of the festival and 6 p.m. on Mon- oh, sorry on Sundays, uh, no shows on Monday and Tuesday. Um, it's a it's a fun romp. It's very it's quite wholesome and it will jab at people a little bit if they have their own people pleasing pleasing tendencies. Um, but hopefully in a way that makes you laugh when you leave the theatre, not uh, feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Look, sometimes is you know it's good to have a little bit of a reflection, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. We all need that. Yeah, excellent. Well, well, thank you so much, Laura, for jumping on and having a quick chat about the show. I'm, I'm really excited for you to get it up and, and get it out there. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much to Melissa McGlenzie and Laura Josephine for joining us on this special episode of the Theatre Thoughts podcast. For more information on either of their shows, check the show notes. And we'll be back with part two of our special Melbourne International Comedy Festival episode next week. Thank you to our latest Patreon subscriber, James. Thanks so much for supporting us on Patreon. This episode was produced by Echidna Audio. Follow them on Instagram at Echidna Audio for all their audio services. Once again, if you enjoyed our podcast, leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts and head to the link in this episode's description for our Instagram account, TikTok, YouTube and Patreon. My name's Justin Clark and I'll see you next time here on the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.